Hello friends, I'm Vance Rains, Senior Pastor of First Church Coral Springs. Welcome to our podcast. I hope this is a source of inspiration and faith as you grow in your walk with Christ. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy the message. So today we are on week two of a new series called One Word Prayers. It's something we're going to do for Lent. Uh, Last week, we talked about the one-word prayer, sorry. Anybody say some sorry prayers this week? Anybody? Mm -hmm, Yeah, okay. Anybody say this morning already? Uh, Sorry, Lord, I shouldn't have said that. Sorry, Lord, for my bad attitude. Sorry, Lord, for what I did. Sorry for what I didn't do. We said last week, sorry is an expression of of, confen- of confession, repentance, knowing that God is eager to forgive us. We said last week there are tons of ways to pray, unlimited number of prayers. Uh, and sometimes we get a little intimidated by prayer because, you know, I don't know what to say. Is it okay to say this? Is it okay to ask for that? Do I need to be formal, casual? How, how does it work? And I said prayer really can be as simple as one heartfelt, intentional word. So last week it was sorry. If we say we're sorry and mean it, God knows more. Now that doesn't mean we can't say more. Of course, prayer can be as long as you want it to be. Uh, but it can be as simple as a simple prayer. What I'm hoping over the series is, is to kind of demystify it a little. Not totally, but just so that it becomes more comfortable for us. So that it becomes more familiar. So that we realize all the ways we pray already every day and so that we maybe even do it more. Well, today's one word prayer is please, please. So let me explain what I mean by that. As I was growing up in the deep south of the United States, I was taught that it's proper and polite to say please and thank you. Anybody else taught that? Okay, good, because I don't hear it as much as I used to. Uh, Please and thank you. Uh, When somebody does something nice for you, you say thank you. Right? That's what I was taught as a child. I still do it. Uh, I was also taught that when you ask for something, when you request something, it's proper to say, please. Please may I go out and play with my friends. Please may I stay up an extra hour to watch my favorite TV show. Please may I have a cookie. Please may I have money to go buy candy at the store. I always got no to that. Please, <laughs> but, but please, it's, just, it's a request. May I please have this. And so I want to suggest today that a, a perfectly acceptable prayer is to bring to God our requests. When there is something that we need, that we desire, that we long for, that we desire for someone else, it's entirely appropriate to bring that to God and say, God, please, please may I have it. We just read, uh, said together earlier, and then we prayed, uh, God, give us this day our daily bread. That's a please prayer. God, please provide for me and my family today Uh, what we need. It's it's about provision. We can ask for anything. Please, God, please provide this. Now, something I said last week is that I think prayer is an act of faith. Prayer is believing that when I speak out a word or more, that there is someone or something we call God who hears, who listens, who wants to know what's in our heart. Well, I want to take it even a step further today. I think please prayers are faith-filled prayers, because not only does it believe there is someone out there, somebody listening, somebody that cares, but there's somebody that's paying attention and will respond. It's believing that God is both caring and capable enough to do what I'm asking of God to do. 
And so please, as a prayer of faith, God, this is what I need, this is what I desire, this is what I'm hoping for, longing for, please, would you do this for me? Would you do this for me? So I was a senior in college. It was my uh, spring semester at the University of Central Florida. Uh, graduation all of a sudden was a reality. <laughs> it was imminent, and I was freaking out, freaking out. Mom and dad were cutting me off at graduation, and I was going to have to find a way to support myself. Uh, Kelly and I were dating, and I wanted to ask her to marry me, and I didn't have any money for a ring or a way to, to kind of offer her anything as a, as a spouse, as a, as a um, husband, like, unless I could find a, find a job. Um, I uh, was graduating with a public speaking degree, and uh, you're like, oh, that makes sense for a preacher. I had no idea I was going to be a preacher. I just picked it because it was easy. Uh, and I had a stellar C-plus average uh, as a, in my uh, transcripts, uh, which mostly was a gift. I had a few very generous teacher professors. Uh, and so here I was realizing I don't know how to get a job with a C-plus public speaking degree. Um, I had never bothered doing an internship because it got in the way of my social life. Uh, I didn't have any significant uh, work skills beyond shucking oysters and, uh, and tapping kegs at a, I'm not going to tell you where. Uh, and, uh, and so I, I mean, I was increasingly feeling anxiety about the future. Um, I didn't mention also that I was aware increasingly um, that I was drinking excessively um, and that I wasn't sure I knew how to stop. Um, and so I found myself that last semester tossing and turning at night. Um, fearful of the future, uh, shamed about what I had done over the last few years, and here I was about to become adult, ill-prepared to be an adult, uh, wondering if not only I had messed up, but if I was messed up, um, and fearful that I had ruined my life, to be honest. Uh, one night, um, I was sitting in my bedroom. I didn't mention I was the president of my fraternity, which meant I got to have my own room in the fraternity house. Another not great college choice. Um, and frequently, that last semester, while whatever was going on out in the house, I was sitting alone in my bedroom, sitting on the edge of my bed, worried, just fretting. Um, and one night, uh, for some reason, uh, my Bible caught my eye, this one in particular. Now, you're like, oh, well, that's nice. I, I had never opened it before. It was a gift to me in high school. I can't even tell you for sure why I had it in my fraternity house bedroom. I can't even tell you why. Uh, but that night, I opened it. Uh, I opened it to the New Testament because new has to be better than old. Um, I mean, I was desperate. I was looking for answers, and maybe there's some there. Um, and so I start reading in King James, and I didn't get any of it, to be honest. Um, but I was desperate enough that I read a little bit that night, and I read a little bit the next night, read a little bit the, night, the, the, the next night. I just kept sticking with it. Uh, it was kind of a nightly habit. And one night, I came to the 17th chapter of Matthew. Some of you have heard me tell this story. And all of a sudden, I read words that I understood. Matthew 17, 20 says, Truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed. Actually, let's read it together. Truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, 
and nothing will be impossible for you. Now, why would that jump off the the page to me? Why would I understand that passage? Well, when I was in high school, I worked for a feed and seed supply for farmers. I had sold thousands of mustard seeds by the time I graduated from high school. That was a marketable skill. I knew about mustard seeds. Uh, And so I read this passage. It says, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, and I immediately knew what he was talking about. I hadn't gotten much up to that point. But all of a sudden, like, I know a mustard seed. A mustard seed is smaller than the head of a pencil. It is, it is tiny. He said, if I have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to a mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible to you. And I immediately thought, well, I understand that, a faith of the size of a mustard seed. I know about a mustard seed. And I literally thought, I'm reading my Bible in a fraternity house. I must have at least a mustard seed sized faith. I must have at least, I must have at least that. And I thought, I, okay, I'm just going to believe this. I mean, I was desperate enough. I'm just going to believe this. And so in that moment, I said, God, if this is true, I'm just going to claim it. And I just started naming to God my mountains. I have a useless degree. I have zero valuable work experience. I have a ridiculous GPA and a ridiculous major. I have no direction. I have no contacts. I have no uh, idea how to move forward in my life. And I have a drinking problem that I don't know what to do with. But God, you say if I just have a little bit of faith, you're going to deal with these things. I'm not going to go through all the detail, but I can tell you in one year from that night, I graduated from college. Sort of. They gave me a degree. They gave it to me. I have it. I'll show it to you. Uh, <laughs> I, I need to apologize because your degree means so much less because I got one. <laughs> so, <laughs> I got a job, a better job than I deserved. Kelly and I got engaged and set a date to get married. Uh, we started looking for a church to get married in, and we found ourselves at First United Methodist Church of Orlando where all of a sudden this faith that was about this big blew up. Uh, And pretty quickly I was talking to them about a call to ministry. You've heard that story. Uh, Not long after that, they made me the youth director. During that time, I applied to Duke uh, to their graduate school and got into graduate school with a C-plus GPA. That's unheard of. You can't do it today. Um, and, and, And among the things I would say are most important is fall of 1989, um, I had my last drink ever. That was 30 years ago. Thank you. And I give God all credit for all of that, except I think Kelly deserves a little credit for agreeing to marry me, so I'll give her a little credit too. And what I want to say today is that I didn't do that. Just one night in desperation, I found this passage that said, if you just believe this much, God can do anything. That's what I'm talking about today. And a one word, please. God, please, please. Help me. God, will you please make a way for me? God, will you please provide what I can't do for myself? That's what I'm talking about today. Well, I kept reading my Bible. I got through Matthew. I got through Mark. I kept going. I discover in uh, Luke and other places, passages like this. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. The one who knocks, the door will be opened. Listen to the theme of these. If we ask, God provides. 
John 16, 23-24, Jesus said, Very truly, I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name until you, now you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. James 4, 2, you do not have because you what? Do not ask. King James says, uh, you have not because you ask not. And then later James says, the prayer of a righteous person is what? Powerful and effective. Well, those are just, I mean, that's just a sampling. It just says it over and over and over and over. Just ask me. Just ask God for what you need. Just go to God with your request, and God is happy to respond and do it. Pope Francis says, let us not grow tired of knocking at God's door. Let us go to the heart of God our whole life, every day, knocking at the door of God's heart. Now, I need to add a caveat here, a clarification. Inevitably, I'm already reading some of your minds. I'm good at that. Um, You're thinking, I've asked these prayers, and God hasn't done it. I've asked for things. Anybody? I have. I mean, I have, right? I've asked for those And so I'd like to be able to explain to you why that is. That sometimes, you know, we hear this, ask for anything and I'll do it. And then we do and it doesn't happen. I'd like to be able to explain it to you. And I can't. (laughs) And if anybody thinks they can, well, then go listen to them, right? I I mean, I, I can explain, like, possibilities. You know, I've heard this expression that, that sometimes the answer is uh, no. <laughs> like, we've made the wrong request, and that God just isn't going to violate God's character and God's will, no matter how badly we want it. God isn't going to hurt us. God's not going to allow us to have things that hurt somebody else. Um, so maybe the answer is no. I've heard sometimes the answer is slow, like, it's not, you're not ready for it yet. The timing's not right. Be patient. I've heard that. Um, I, I've heard that, that sometimes that God has answered our prayers and we just don't recognize it. We thought it was going to be A, but God said, I'm going to give you B instead, it's better. But we keep wondering where A is. Like, I, I don't know. And let's just be honest, there's sometimes we think we've asked perfectly good prayers. God, save my marriage. God, give me a job. God, God help me be more patient, whatever it is. And it doesn't seem like it's coming. I I can't explain any of that. All I'll say is this, and I believe this. The more that we bring our requests to God, I think more, the more and more and more um, He shapes our will. I mean, I find my prayers are different now than they used to be. My requests have changed uh, because I think God's rubbed off on me. Um, And I would say also that, that, like, you don't understand God's timing, so don't stop asking. Just keep praying just keep asking just keep seeking trusting that god's will is good and god's will will be done now if you've been around me in any sort of like you know work you know my the staff will tell you this or folks on on council um, my favorite kind of please prayer is actually a two-word prayer or at least starts with two words i love to ask what if questions i love to ask what if questions What if we did this? What if we tried that? What if anything is possible? What what if we just threw out the way we've always done it and try something new? I just love asking 
what if questions. You're like, well, that doesn't sound like a prayer. That just sounds like creative thinking or brainstorming or maybe annoying. I don't know. But I think that, that when you ask that question from a place of faith, that it unleashes spiritual potential. That when we say, what if, it's imagining something more than what is currently in existence. I think it's a prayer. Uh, and I can tell you that all of my greatest accomplishments, the dreams that have come true, the things I'm most proud of, mostly have begun with the question, what if? What if, what, what if I could break this addiction? What, what if I could go to grad school? What, what if I could break this bad habit? What if I could restore this relationship? What if I could be a better husband? What, what if I could start over with a clean slate? What if I could be a better dad? What, what, if, I could, what if I could become more responsible? Anybody ever asked a what if prayer? See, it's so easy to just kind of give in to what is, right? Just like, well, I can't help it. It's who I am. I love the image of the guy laying on the couch. You know, are you this kind of guy? You know, a lot of us are that kind of Christian, right? What if? What if is all about potentiality. And so what I'm trying to say to us today is when we say please to God, notice the exclamation point, please. What I'm encouraging us to do is ask bigger prayers, bolder prayers, more faith-filled prayers. Prayers, prayers that are ultimately about potential with, in, in God, which only possible with God's help. And I'm, I'm just going to confess something to you. I, I think through the years, my prayers have gotten less bold. Maybe it's through, from a, through a few setbacks. Maybe it's from a few disappointments. Maybe it's just I've become too respectable. I think through the years, my prayers are not nearly as bold as they used to be until recently. Recently, I've been asking God bigger, bolder prayers, and it's good to get back to it. Um, you, some of you have small children at home or have recently. Some of you have grandchildren involved in your lives. Um, you, you ever notice that when a child says please, um, that it's not just a nice, polite please, May I please, may I please have a toy? Um, you ever notice that it's not like that? Uh, it has a bit more urgency when they say it. You ever notice it? So it starts with, can I please have it? No, not, no, please. Can I, please let me have it. I really, really, really want it, right? And then it gets like, it goes up, please, right? Like, it's desperate. It's life or death. I've got to have the orange ball. I, have given, I will die right here if you don't do this for me. I, my life is hanging on the balance for this cookie. I've got, please, right? Jesus says, when you pray, it's a little bit like uh, going at midnight to your next door neighbor's house and knocking Wake up, wake up. I need, I need bread for my, my guests. Wake up. And your friend next door says, go away. It's late. I'm in bed. I'm not getting up. Jesus says, keep knocking. Don't stop. He will get up, not because you're your friend, but because you're annoying him. <laughs> Jesus said that's what prayer is supposed to be like. I wonder if sometimes God doesn't answer our prayers because we gave up way too soon. Please? Okay, don't want to bother you, right? 
I mean, who are you more like in your prayer? Like a child that goes, please! Or, please, Lord, but thy will be done. Right? Which did you hear Jesus say? All right. All right, so let's practice it. I want you to imagine the thing that you need most right now from God, your biggest request. And the count of three, we're going to do one big please to God, right? I need a, it's got to be bold if you really believe it. One word prayer. One, two, three. Please. Oh, you gave up too soon. Okay. You have not because you ask not. You have not because you ask not. Okay, I want to end with this. Um, a little, little twist, a little twist on it. So um, I, I just read this passage, asking it shall be given to you, seeking you will find, knocking the door will be opened, right? That appears twice in the Gospels, word for word in Matthew and Luke. They're identical. They're just exactly identical except for the final phrase. And so uh, Matthew tells Jesus saying, uh, knock, ask, seek, etc. And then he adds this, everyone who asks receives, anyone who seeks finds, and the one who knocks the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? He's not saying you're a bad parent, don't, get it, don't do that. He's just making a contrast. If you as a parent know to give your child bread when they're hungry, and not to give them a bad gift like a snake or a scorpion, how much more does God want to give us good gifts? Does that make sense? Like, if we're good parents, God's a great parent. I mean, it's just that simple. If we know how to give good things to our children, God knows how to give great things to his children. That's what he's saying. Luke does the exact same thing. He goes through the whole thing, you know, about if everyone who asks and which of you would give your child a, a, a scorpion, etc. But then he says in Luke's version, verse 13, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, say it with me, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? He mentions a very specific gift. Himself. The thing, I mean, God, it says it over and over. Ask me and I'll give you. Tell me your daily needs and I'll provide them. But the thing that God most wants to give us is Him. His Holy Spirit to live in us, to be a presence, a strength, a comfort, a guide. He wants to be in us. The, the one gift that God will never refuse to give us is His own Spirit. He says, just ask me for me. And that's more than enough. Just ask me for me and I will be in you and with you. There's a song by Natalie Grant that says, maybe you know it, Help me want the healer more than the healing. Help me want the Savior more than the saving. Help me want the giver more than the giving. Oh, help me want you, Jesus, more than anything. Isn't that something? Help me want you, Jesus, more than anything. That's a great prayer. So I'm noticing a lot of green in the room today. Why? St. Patty's Day. St. Patty's Day. A uh, day dedicated to leprechauns and green beer, right? Uh, 
and pinching anyone you can, right? Uh, so St. Patrick's Day originally was not about green beer and leprechauns and clovers. Uh, uh, it was about a um, Christian man named uh, Patrick, uh, who, by the way, is not Irish, was not Irish. He was British. Um, and he uh, took the, um, the gospel to the Celtic people of Ireland. It's a great story. True story, true person uh, who had a significant impact on that part of the world. A great man. A lot of crazy traditions associated with him. But one that we believe is true uh, is a prayer that's been handed down to us uh, that apparently he prayed every day. And so I thought in honor of St. Patrick's Day and, and, and inviting the Holy Spirit to be in us, Let's pray this prayer together. I bind unto myself today the power of God to hold and lead, his eye to watch, his might to stay, his ear to hearken to my need, the wisdom of my God to teach, his hand to guide, his shield to ward, the word of God to give me speech, his heavenly host to be my guard. Christ be with me, Christ within me, Christ behind me, Christ before me, Christ beside me, Christ to win me, Christ to comfort me and restore me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ in the hearts of all that love me, Christ in the mouth of friend and stranger. I bind unto myself the name, the strong name of the Trinity, by invocation of the same, the three in one, the one in three, of whom all nature hath creation, eternal Father, Spirit, Word, praise to the Lord of my salvation. Salvation is of Christ the Lord. Amen. And now, O oh Lord, we just simply ask, please, please answer our prayers, increase our faith, make us bolder, more faith-filled. May we pray and dream bigger prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast. For more information about First Church and our ministries, visit us online at welovefirst.church.